All right, so um, that mixer question, something you've fixed lately. Um, anything stand out in the mixers? What's something somebody, yeah, Florence. Setting boundaries. Yeah. 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 Fix fix boundaries. Yeah, we need that, right? We need to be wise. You think about the um, the Garden of Eden, right? It was a garden. It was a set apart place. And Adam and Eve they let this snake in, and uh, they didn't have good boundaries. Yeah. All right. Um, any others? Yes, Mark. Yeah, which are you? Yeah, specialized, yes. Yeah, it works out though, right? You need both, I guess. Yeah, keep the fixers busy and yeah, good. All right, is, is your dog one of the breakers or fixers? No, we won't put it on. Yeah. All right, I got this story from a preacher named Kyle Bashir's uh, his three-year-old daughter asked him, pointing out a broken toy, can we fix it? And the dad said, like most dads would say, of course. And then the daughter asked what every three-year-old asks repeatedly, why? Why do we fix it? And the dad thinks for a minute. He says, well, to make it work again? And she says, no, because we love it. We fix it because we love it. If we don't love it, what do we do with it? If it's broken, we toss it, we trash it, we get rid of it, right? We fix it because we love it. And tears, right, for some of us who are not very good at fixing things, into making it whole again, to repairing it. Um, you'll give yourself a little bit of yourself to fix that thing, right? And if it's a really important thing, if you love it a lot, you're going to give a lot of yourself to fix it. And that is what God is doing in the world. He gave himself. He continues to give himself to fix his good creation, namely you and me. Humanity, the apex of his creation, made it his image and likeness to be his sons and daughters. He loves us. He's active in the world offering the fix. He wants to repair us. Because we're broken, right? Humanity is not what we were created to be. We're not in close, loving, dynamic relationship with God. We're not in close, loving, generous, blessing relationship with everyone. But God is going to fix it. He's moving in the world to repair it. Uh, and we're broken beyond our ability. If you've ever tried to fix yourself, uh, maybe think about your New Year's resolutions this past year. Uh, you ever fix yourself? It, it only goes so far, right? We can maybe put a little touch-up paint on it, knock a few dents out, but the deeper repair that we need is beyond our ability. It's important, as Norm reminded me last week, know your limitations, right? And we have a limitation in what we can do about this repair job that we're needing. And this problem is old, this broken humanity, this brokenness goes back all the way to Genesis 3, uh, early on in creation. Um, and if we misdiagnose the problem, if you ever try to fix something, if you misdiagnose the problem, you're not going to apply 
the right fix. The human problem, in all its uh, kind of tragicness, is revealed for us in Ephesians 2. And then, also right on the heels of that, the fix is revealed as well. So let's look at that. We're going to go to Ephesians 2, 1 through 9. It's in your bulletin. It's up here. And listen to this. Here's the situation. Here's the problem. Don't misdiagnose it. Don't try to like say, no, nah, it's not that big a deal, because here's the deal. As for you, Ephesians 2.1, as for you, and he's talking now to believers in Christ, people who have received the fix. So he's saying, as for you, you were, before you came into this repair job with God, you were dead. Dead in your transgressions in, and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and when, often when the Bible uses the term the world, it's referring to humanity that is broken, is fallen, dead in sins. When you used to follow the ways of this world, and, and this terminology is a little interesting here, the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work at those who are disobedient, in broken relationship with God. It's the demonic. Um, so we used to follow the ways of the world, and then the spirit of Spirit is working in us, and we're following it. All of us also lived among them at one time. It's all of us. It's all humanity. It's not just a certain group. We used to all live among them at one time, some way deep into it, right? Deep into this brokenness. Some, you know, not as bad, but truly broken. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh. That's our sin nature and following its desires and thoughts instead of God's desires and thoughts. Like the rest, like the rest, we were, by nature, deserving of wrath. Paul includes himself in that. All believers. We believe, we deserve to be trashed, set out, right? Because this was not, we didn't get broken, we were broken, and we broke things, and we're responsible as well for this brokenness. All right, before God fixed you, before you were in Christ, you were like the rest of humanity. Here it is. Here's the fill-ins. Let's capture it because, again, if we misdiagnose the problem, we're going to not apply the right fix. You were, here it is, spiritually, spiritually dead in your sins. No spiritual charge. Like a broken toy, just, it's not working. It's not doing its thing. It's not doing what it's, it's made to do. There's no spiritual life in it. No spirit of God in it. You are dead in your sins. You are separated from God, from his life, from his power, his glory, his, his spirit, his presence. You were dead. You were following, the next one, the ways of the world. All right, others who are broken, uh, we joined them in their sins. We, we were in it. Um, and the demonic, man. And demons, if you see, if you've ever encountered the demonic in your own life, or you see how it's spoken about in Scripture, Demons want to destroy humanity. Destroy what God loves. We were following the ways of the world and the demonic. We were led by sin. Sin leads to death. And sin's one of those things that sounds like uh, just something I did, but sin is actually a power that we're born with. It's that propensity, that tendency to do the wrong thing, even when we know what the right thing to do is. All right? We were led by sin. We were ruled by sin, not by God, not by his spirit. And we deserve God's wrath. So listen, when we sin, when you sin, when I sin, we are harming God's creation that he loves. 
We're harming what God loves, including ourselves and others around us. It's, sin is a problem, all right? And God's going to bring some justice for it. So we were broken. Let's own it. Uh, we're broken. Some of you might say, come on, man, I'm not that bad. Because when we say that, we're comparing ourselves to one another or something really bad. Well, not that bad, right? You know, I mean, gee, I haven't, I've never killed anybody, right? The problem with that is that standard, I haven't killed anybody, is way too low. You are created to live in, to live by a much higher standard. And Jesus sets the standard. He reveals the standard. He says, love into. I've never killed anybody. Oh, great. Too low. Bar's too low there, buddy. Jesus has come to make you into something way greater than even you can imagine or see. Sometimes we get glimpses of it, and we saw it in its fullness in Jesus. That's where he's leading us. That's what you're created to be. That's the repair that he's doing in you. Again, not just knocking out a few dents, transformation, rebirth, something brand new. All right, humanity's broken. Let's not end there. Let's go to the fix, all right? Now listen to this, such a great phrase, such a great word from God here. But because of his great love for us, for you, his great love for you, because of that, God, who is rich in mercy, tolerance, forbearance, right? Ready to forgive. God, who is rich in mercy, made us, made you alive with Christ. When you were dead, he made you alive. Even when you were dead in your transgressions, it is by grace, his gift, undeserved, that you have been saved. And God, he didn't stop there. God raised us up. God raised you up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Right now. In order that in the coming ages, still got more to come for us, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace, God's kindness toward you, that you have been saved through faith. All you do is say, oh, I realize my brokenness. Yes, I want that repair. Thank you. Through faith, and this is not from yourselves. You can fix it. It's a gift of God. Not by works. You couldn't work this fix so that none of us can boast. It's the great leveler, the great humbler, right? All broken, all need this severe, intense, uh, only from God repair. Because of God's great love for you, when you were dead, God, number one, next fill-in, made you alive. Made you alive. Spiritual resurrection, born again, new creation, brought you to spiritual life again. Physically, you were alive. Spiritually, you're dead. Separated from God. A, a barrier between us and God. Jesus comes, removes the barrier, and reignites us with his spirit, with, with his life. He made you alive because he loves you. He made you alive. Next one. And then he saved you. This saved you. Saved you from your deadness and sin, your separation from God. You're kind of, you're, you're, you're headed toward the, the trash heap. You're headed toward the fire. You're headed toward hell. God intervened because he loves you and saved you. 
and repaired you, made you alive, saved you, next one, raised you up and seed you with Christ in the heavenly realms. Right now, you and I are on earth, though we are no longer of the earth. We're no longer of this fallen creation. We're living in it, but we are now of heaven, united to God, the God realm, heaven, seated with him. We've been seated with him above. Right now, that's a, that's a now reality if you are in Christ. That's what we were created to enjoy, exist in. That's what he's done for us. And if you're not in Christ, where are you? Dead in sins. Jesus is super clear about this. The Bible is super clear about this. It's not popular. That, those are the, the, the options. So we share this because many of us have, repeat, have received the fix have been made alive again. And we want others to receive the fix, to know about it, to receive it as well. And if you haven't received it yet, if you're still on the outside, if you're still separated from God, if you're still verses 1 through 3, today, receive it. Receive it. You don't have to, like, all you got to do is say, yes, I realize it. Thank you, I need it. I receive it. If that's you today, talk to the prayer team afterward. Um, They'll love, you, love to help you lead you through those next steps. All right. Now, if you're already in Christ, for those of us who've been saved, who are lost, been found, um, raised up, what did God save us from? Let's go back to that. Sin and death, right? Sin. sin the wages of sin, the consequences of sin is death, which is not only physical death, which is separation from God. All right? So that's what we earn by sinning. Sin is disobeying God, rejecting his good commands, serving ourselves instead of others. Um, all right, so the consequences of our sins God has come to save us from. And what's around us? A lot of sin. All right, and we're, we're in a world, we're on the earth, where sin is affirmed, celebrated, promoted, cashed in on. Streaming into your living rooms. Accessible right here, anytime. We're swimming in it. Because we're on the earth. We're not of the earth. We're seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. So how do we who've been saved, who've been set apart from this fallen world, how do we live this out? How do we address sin? How do we navigate this? It's going to take some effort, right? Some diligence on our part. So we're going to look at another passage to look at how to handle sin in the world out around us, in the church, and then in here. Okay, 1 Corinthians 5. Let's look at this. 1 Corinthians 5, 9. Paul's writing to believers like us who are in a city called Corinth. If you remember, Corinth is, is a corrupt, sin-filled city. It's bad. You know, people, sometimes we think, oh, man, it's so much worse now. Read about Corinth. It was bad. All right? Okay, so he's writing to them, believers like you and I, and listen to what he says uh, about how to deal with sin in the world. He says, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the people of, the world, of this world who are immoral or the greedy swindlers or idolaters in this world, right? Among the unredeemed, among the lost. Okay. In that case, um, you have to leave this world, all right? Because we're always interacting with people who are not 
uh, yet in Christ, right? Okay, but now I'm writing to you so that you may not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, alive in Christ, united to him, uh, but is sexually immoral, or greedy, or an idolater, or a slanderer, or a drunkard, or a swindler. Don't even eat with such a person. So we see two groups here. How do you interact with sin in the world? And how do you, what do you do with sin in the church, in the body of Christ, in our fellowship? What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Not yet redeemed, lost. Are you not to judge those inside? Yeah, we'll look at that in a minute. God will judge those outside. And then Paul has a particular situation in mind in the Corinthian church, and he says about it, expel that wicked person who's continuing their sin from among you. All right, so here we go. That's pretty intense stuff. When people of this world are sinning, how do we respond to this? What are we supposed to do? What do we hear in God's word? Are we supposed to condemn it? Are we supposed to go like, go crazy about it? We're supposed to be all, ah, stop it. Are we supposed to judge them, condemn them? There's a great story. So Jesus' disciples walk around Israel, and Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And uh, James and John are with him, and they go to the Samaritan village. And the Jews already think that they're better than the Samaritans, all right? So they go to the, Jesus wants to go through and stay in the Samaritan village, you know, for the night on his way to Jerusalem. And they reject him. They say, no, you cannot come here, Lord Jesus. Well, Jesus, you can't come here. We don't want you here. And James and John love these guys. It's a little crazy, but listen to what they said. When the disciples, James and John, saw this rejection of Jesus, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven and destroy them? All right, now, that's not great, but can, do you get it? Like, they're walking with the King of Kings and Lords of Lords, and they're, he's rejected, and they're mad. And they're like, hey, do you want us to take care of this place? We will take care of it right now, Lord. And Jesus brings them aside and rebukes them. No. it's not what we're doing here. A day of fire will come. We're not doing that now. This is the time of the Lord's favor. This is the time of pardon. This is the time, the age we're in, is the time where God is gathering people to himself, offering release, offering forgiveness, sanctification, washing of sins to make you and me new. It's a limited time. A time of judgment will come, but it's in God's hands. We are to leave it in God's hands. You and I are not the judge. All right. So, deep breath. All right. Instead, we need to join Jesus' mission of calling others into this new life, of telling them the fix has come. Jesus has come. He will help you out of that. He will make you new. He will give you his life. That's our role now. All right? So leave, the, leave judgment to God. Their nickname became Sons of Thunder. I don't know if it's like a joke like the other disciples, like, hey, Sons of Thunder. How'd that work out for you? I don't know. Sons of Thunder anyway. All right, so God's judgment will come, but it's not that time yet. Now, do not judge those outside does not mean do not judge sin. 
We need to be aware and alert about sin and what it is and what it does and not, you know, word twist it, make it sound nicer than it is. We need to be clear about what sin is. And we can vocalize that. We can condemn sin. Not the sinner, we can condemn sin. Because it is a destroyer. It's killing people. It's the root problem in this world. So we don't have to be shy about saying, that's sin. We don't have to kind of do the work. We can say, you know what? It's actually really destructive. This is not going to end well. God has an alternative for you. God's opened up a way for you that will actually lead you to life. This may look good. It'll kill you, man. God said, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Don't like coddle it, you know, not ever address it. Because it will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. God wants to heal the world. That's why he came. All right, so that's, we need to not judge the person who's still dead in sins. We need to share the good news with them. But we can judge sin. All right? Sin's a killer. We don't have to be shy about that. Now, let's go... That's how we handle sin in the world. Uh, how, do we, how do we handle sin in the church? What did, what did we hear there? I'm going to reread it. But now I'm writing you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother, who's in Christ, brother or sister in Christ, if he is guilty of sexual morality. That means I'm continuing in my sin. I'm guilty. I'm actively in some kind of sin. Or as an idolater or reviler. Ah, reviler, drunkard or swindler, did not even associate with such a one. All right, wow, like cut off fellowship. What have I to do with judging outsiders? It's not, is it not those inside whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. Wow. All right, so here's the fill-in. When those in Christ, our brothers and sisters in Christ, are sinning, what do we do? Oh, ignore it. No, confront it. Address it. Talk to them. And Jesus has given us some steps to ha- for about how to do that. Matthew 18, listen, step one. If your brother or sister sins, they're in sin, man. You saw something or you've been hearing something. Do the loving thing because sin is destructive. Do the loving thing and go to them one-on-one. All right? And go in gentleness and go in humility. So I've had to do this in, in several situations. One situation I remember... I went and I had it wrong. I was wrong. So I was really thankful that I went in with some humility. Hey, I don't know if this is true. I'm bringing it to your attention because I love you and I would want somebody to talk to me about it if they saw something as well. So here it is. And they said, oh, actually, da-da-da-da. I was like, oh, okay, my bad. All right, fine. Good. Okay, if that, uh, the other option I've had, the other experience I've had is I've gone to somebody, talked to them about it, and they felt embarrassed and ashamed, and they kind of disappeared. Like, that was it. You know, and that, that happens. That may happen, you know. Um, and I've had other people, like, over time, own it. Say, yeah, thank you for sharing that with me. So that's step one. It's, step one is not go gossip about it, go tell other people about it, go, you know, That's not step one. Step one is go to the person in humility, in gentleness, like you would want them to do with you. Love your neighbor like yourself. Love your brother and sister in Christ like yourself. 
We do that. All right. Now, if that person in the church is continuing that sin, they haven't, they haven't reacted, they haven't responded to that, they haven't turned, they haven't repented, then what do you do? Matthew 16, 18, 16. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. All right, go with others. At least one other person. And I've been in this before. And that's actually gone better because that person felt like it wasn't between me and that person. There's a third person there. All right, so go with somebody, somebody they agree to, somebody you agree to, go talk to them. And if you're ever in this situation, you don't know how to do this, it's the first time, you're wondering how to do this, talk to me, talk to a leader. That's not gossip, that's like, how do I do this? All right, so that's step two. Step three, if they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church, that's the church leadership. If they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Jesus is saying this. Again, I've rarely had to go through all those steps because by that last step, the person's just gone. Um, which is tragic. You know, hopefully they came to their senses at some point, and that's the point of this, not to give them a hard time, but to help them out of sin, because sin's a killer. All right, that's how we're supposed to do it uh, in the church. Last passage today, because I'm missing one very important group, right? Sin in the world, sin in the church, sin in ourselves, our own lives. How do we deal with this? All right, 1 Corinthians 6 continues on. Um, he's highlighting sexual immorality because that's a big deal in Corinth. But uh, this, these principles apply to all sin here. Listen, flee from sexual immorality. Flee from it. Get out of it. You're tempted by it. Flee from it. Jesus says something similar. He says, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Okay, it's hyperbole, but deal with it. If your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. Address it. Deal with it. Flee from sexual immorality. Flee from your sin. And specifically, all other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies, here it is, listen to this, your body, if you're in Christ, if you've been remade, are temples, houses of the Holy Spirit. Who is in you? The Holy Spirit of God, whom you have received from God. You are not your own anymore. We're not our own. You were bought at a price, the price of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Therefore, brothers and sisters, let's help each other honor God with our bodies. Now, bodies, you're an embodied soul. Everything you do goes through your body, right? Um, so this covers every sin. Let's do these fill-ins. God, the Holy Spirit, is in you wherever you go. So when you go into sin, you're bringing the holy God of the universe who saved you, with you, into that. Let's not go there. Let's flee instead from sin. All right? Next one. You belong to anyone. You belong to the Lord. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. That's the last one. Therefore, use your body, your mind, your imagination, your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your eyes, your voice, what you say, your hands, where you go. Oh, I'm sorry, your hands, what you do. Your feet, where you go. Your appetites, your strength in a way that honors God. That's the target. That's the standard. That's the repair job that we're still being repaired into. You've been saved. You've been made alive again. Now aim to honor God with all of who you are. What you say, 
how you spend your time, how you spend your money, how you, whatever you do. Is this honoring you, Lord? If you have a little question mark, ask him, Jesus, does this please you? Is this, does this dishonor you? Check him. Check in with him. Sometimes it's hard to know. Let's follow him together. Let's help each other follow him together. And for those we love who are outside of this, let's invite them in. We know the fix. All right. Let's stand together. Let's pray. And then we're going to worship. And if God's kind of bringing something to mind, rising something in your heart, and you just want some extra prayer for that, please go to the prayer team, uh, the gazebo, uh, during this last song. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for coming for us. We thank you for loving us enough to repair us. You didn't just leave us out there wandering. Thank you, Lord, for coming for us to rescue us from that brokenness and death. Thank you, Lord. And Jesus, help us not just stop with, hey, I'm alive again. Lord, help us move more and more into this new life that you've given us. Help us to take off sin. Help us flee from it. Help us cut it off, gouge it out. Lord God, of our own lives, our own, let's help us start there. Help us clean up our own room, Lord. And then Jesus, we invite you to use us to help others out of sin, Lord God, and into your life, God. We thank you for giving us the message that we can share with others to help them move from death to life. Open our lips. Help us share that. Help us be courageous in that, Lord God. We thank you that we have each other. We have your spirit. We have your word. And we have each other, Lord. Help us lean on each other when we're struggling. Help us not hide from one another or hide from you, but go to you and to each other for help in walking this out well. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you will do. Amen.